Happy Taco Tuesday, everybody, and welcome back to episode 396 here on The Daily Grind. Today, we sit down with Travinia Barber. Um, She is the founder and owner of Priority VA. A lot to be learned in this episode, especially if you are a young business owner or one looking to get started and wondering how a virtual assistant and virtual workers can help your business succeed. Be sure, as always, you have a pen, a piece of paper, sit back, and really dive deep in today's interview with Travinia Barber. Enjoy. Today's review of the day comes from Pia. I love to listen to The Daily Grind. As a business owner, it's inspiring to hear other stories. I love the way the interviews are done. Hope you enjoy it, too. Thank you so much, Pia, for the wonderful review. If you're listening to this and hear this... Just go ahead and shoot me an email. I want to send you something special for leaving the amazing review here on iTunes. And if you want to be featured in review of the day, get a nice little gift as well. All you got to go and do is go to iTunes and drop that review. Thank you, everyone, for the continued support. What's up, everyone? Now, I haven't done this for a while, but for today only, has to be today, I'm opening up my calendar and offering you listeners the first 10 listeners, sorry, a chance to hop on a 15 minute call with me, whether you want help in your business, whether you want to ask a question, whether you're looking for direction, I am opening my lineup for you directly. If you want to book one of these 10 spots, all you have to do is go to the show notes section of this podcast. There's going to be a link, book a 15 minute call with Colin, click that link, sign up. It's super easy. I look forward to speaking with all of you. And remember, It's limited to 10. So if you're listening to this early, jump on it and get to it. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're from. Welcome back to the show, everyone. As I mentioned, today we sit down with Travinia Barber. Travinia is a straight shooter who uses her talents to help entrepreneurs maximize their time by effectively outsourcing. She's the founder and owner of Priority VA, host of A Diary of a Doer, and mom of four. Travinia has mastered delegation and teaches others how to achieve success through this skill. As I had mentioned, everyone, be sure you have a pen, be sure you have a paper, take one thing from this interview and implement in your life or in your business. But without further ado, please meet Travinia Barber. Travinia Barber, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? Oh, man, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me here. Of course, it's a pleasure. And uh, Travinia, for people being first introduced to you today on the show, um, if you wouldn't mind just speaking a little bit more of who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, so my name's Travinia. I own a company called Priority VA. We're a virtual staffing agency that actually helps entrepreneurs staff their businesses and build teams that they can trust. And so I got started in this world Actually, about 16 years ago, I can always gauge it because that's how old my oldest child is. Uh, And it really started as a result of her birth. I I was working in a corporate office for a group of anesthesiologists and had always sort of driven in 45 minutes every Mm -hmm. day and, you know, paid to park and did all that. And I used to tell my bosses, like, we could do all this from home. And I would even like come to them with spreadsheets and like plans of how we could make this work from home for the majority (laughs) of our team. And no one ever believed me. Until I decided, okay, well, I'm having this child. I'm going to go on maternity leave. I've saved all my sick time and, you know, vacation days and all that. And I'm going to be gone for five months. So uh, take care, right? And they're like, holy cow, wait, what about the whole work from home thing that you talked about? Like, is that an option? 
And so that became an option for me to start working virtually. And with each successive child that I birthed and or adopted, I kind of pushed the envelope a little bit more and said, you know, can I work a couple extra days from home? And and then my husband and I adopted uh, what was our first adoption, but our third child. And at that point, I, I really had to call it and just not go back into an office. And mm-hmm. so they let me do that. And it was amazing. And it worked for many years until they got bought out by a national company. And at that point, that new company said, hey, why don't you come on back into the office? But at that point, I'd been working, <laughs> you know, out of my pajamas or at five in the morning or eight at night, right? And I had created this life for myself. And so at that point, I decided to go out on my own, get clients, and uh, really be a virtual assistant in the truest sense of the word. And that happened. Got some amazing clients that I connected with. Some of them are a little bit more high profile than others. And from there, things took off. And so now, cut to seven years after that, uh, I own Priority VA and we have a team of 80 subcontracted virtual assistants that work for clients around the globe. So it's been a really cool ride, all based on the fact that I I knew that I could be doing things at home that that I was doing in an office. Well, it's very interesting in the way you took those steps. I think a lot of people may sort of have that feeling in their own job, but the way you did it of sort of almost taking baby steps with the company you were working with and starting out, you know, a few days and then kind of going more towards full time, as opposed, I think people have that, you know, they get it in their head of this is what I want and they want it now. And if it doesn't happen now, then it's just like, I'm done. Yeah. You know, you had to, I had to be really patient Mm -hmm. because I tried connecting with my superiors, right? I put plans in place that really could have been followed and I kept getting doors sort of slammed shut. And so I just did what any real, I don't know, typical mom would do. I just started banking my time, right? Because I knew I was going to have a child. And I knew that if anything was going to be the tipping point for them, it was going to be them knowing that a higher caliber role like mine being gone for five months was going to rock the boat. And mm-hmm. so I made that play. Uh, it worked. And now it, it couldn't, you know, it could have went a different direction. But thankfully, my bosses were... I think at least understanding of the fact that I wasn't saying I didn't want to work. I just wanted to work when it worked for me. Yes. And uh, and here's the thing that they thought they, that they saw happen is that my productivity actually didn't decline; it increased. So right, my billable hours actually went up because I was working when I was rested, not when I was told I had to click, you know, clock in mm-hmm. and clock out. And so that helped. And so for those of you who are driving to work right now and you're like, man, I want to do that too, I would just tell you this. This was my version of a side hustle, right? I just started putting plans in place. And that's what I did in my spare time was I tried to figure out, was this just a pie in the sky idea or could I physically actually make this work? And then I just started putting plans together. So that was how I spent my off time. And then I presented it to my team, totally got rejected. But I didn't give up on it because it was something that I wanted, regardless if that was the container that was going to allow me to have it. Yeah. Well, the reason why I love what you're saying too is because entrepreneurship is so romanticized, especially in 2019. Everyone thinks they want, you'll want to be your own boss, but oftentimes not everyone I, I believe is, is set out for it because although it's great year five, say it like year one to five, it's, it's a long time. It's, it could be a struggle. You're alone all the time. And if you just go to your superiors and you create that plan for yourself, maybe you could have exactly what you want at the current job that you're in. Yeah. You know, there's a, a gentleman that I follow. His name is Robert Glazer and he has yes. an entire court. You know him. Okay. He's I, did. Got I think I had him on the show. Business. I did. Actually, I did have him on the show. 
<laughs> he's incredible. And his entire company is remote. I mean, hundreds of employees. Mm -hmm. And so it is possible. I think a lot of it for most of us is just presenting a methodology that your employers could follow because they don't want to put in the work to figure out how it could work. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So it is possible. It, but hey, I have I have to say being my own boss is fun. Uh, <laughs> of it course. is not without a lot of downsides. But being able to say when I wake up in the morning and, and when I'm going to take a vacation has definitely <laughs> been an upside of, of being bold enough to take that risk. So take us to that sort of day when the company got sold. Now you're truly an entrepreneur, like you're on your own. Now you're searching for business. What was your mentality at that time? I was absolutely terrified out of my mind. So at, at that point we had three children and uh, I, I didn't know if it was going to work. Right. And I had gotten used to not pay childcare. And so I was absolutely terrified out of my mind. And so here was the best thing that I could do for myself was to create a plan. And so my plan was, was kind of down and dirty. It was like, I'm going to go through every contact that I have. I am going to start reaching out to eight to 10 people a day, making personal introductions, you yeah. know, asking them if they needed support. I mean, it was full hustle mode, hustle mode for quite a while. I luckily got connected with a company that placed executive virtual support. So very similar to my business right now. Gotcha. And I got connected with them. They matched me with a client, but it was five hours a week, right? But that five hours a week told me that, no, this is real and there is a need for this. And if I can get one at five hours a week, I can get 20 at five hours of a week course. if I have to. And so that was really the trajectory for me. But uh, I was... And I'm still kind of a fear-based person. I, I have not grown out of that completely yet, but I was highly motivated by that fear, right? I didn't, I kept thinking like, I don't want my kids eating ramen noodles all the time, right? So I have yeah. to figure out whatever I've got to do to make sure that doesn't happen. And I just knew it was possible. And so kind of just grinding that out until that first call came and it was like five hours a week. I'm like, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> whatever you need me to do. That was uh, awesome. And then just, you know, do a good job. And then from there it kind of built. What was the point in which, or what was the motivation behind starting Priority VA? Was it out of necessity that you couldn't take on any more clients or was it, you know, I, I want to start what, you know, this company yeah. that's helping me right now? Yeah. So it was a, a little bit twofold. So in my job, when I worked for the anesthesia group, I was onboarding physicians all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So I was talking to doctors and placing them at hospitals and getting them all set up. And sometimes I'd walk out of a meeting with a doctor and I would tell my team, that guy's not going to work. And they'd be like, what? Like, how do you know that? What is going on? <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know. It's just something about him, you know, felt off or whatever. And then sure enough, you know, down the road, he's like found in a parking lot with a needle in his arm and it's just not working. Wow. Uh, and, and so my team would always tell me like, you've got this spidey sense about people. So there, I had this sort of gift, right. That was sort of on the periphery that I kind of ignored. I just thought everyone had it and no one paid attention. And then I started getting busier and busier with clients and people would ask if I had more time. Now, the whole reason I wanted to be a work at home mom was that so I could spend time with my kids, one of them who had a lot of different therapies, right? Coming from foster care. Got you. And so I was like, I can't work anymore here, but entrepreneurial light bulb sort of went off. Right. But I could find you someone that fills the need that you have. Cause what most people wanted was just someone that they could trust. Yeah. Right. They, they didn't have to have all the, the whiz bang skills or anything like that. They just wanted someone they could rely on. And that was what they saw in me and what I was providing for my clients. And so 
the entrepreneurial sort of light bulb went off for me and thinking I can match you. Now at first I didn't even charge for it, Colin. I didn't, I was just helping people. I'm like, wow. no, here, I'll find you someone. And then, you know, you guys can take it from there. And, and when that happened over and over and over again, about probably the eighth or ninth time that that happened, I told my husband, like, I think we have a business here. <laughs> like, I think that I'm onto something. And so from there, then it was like, let's come up with a business name and, and make this thing official. How do you think outsourcing has helped? Because I mean, you're seeing it from your side, right? Like you're helping so many small businesses. How has it helped the small businesses and entrepreneurs that you're working with? You know, here's what I think I love about the position that I'm in. Having been a virtual assistant and now in the position where I hire virtual assistants for my own business as well, I get to see both sides of it. And so where it helps the business owner is that we focus so much of our time doing things that we are simply competent at, right? Mm -hmm. Because we, I can schedule appointments on my calendar. I can book travel. I can put the Facebook pixel on my website, right? I can do those things, but is that the best use of my time? No. So that's where outsourcing really comes in. And I think we get things confused when we start to kind of set ourselves up to believe we're the only ones that could do it or should do something yeah. in our business. And so outsourcing allows us to kind of dip our toe in the water of, wait, do, do I have to be the one that does this? I literally had a post-it note on my laptop and on my computer monitor for about a year and a half that said simply, do you have to do this? Because <laughs> it reminded me, like, I don't have to be the one pushing all those buttons or clicking all those links, right? It could be someone else that then frees me up to do what I feel I was created to do. And so that's where I've seen the biggest impact is it takes people out of those areas of their life or their business that, yeah, they're, they're all right at it, but that's not what they're created to do. Yeah. That's actually a great lesson for people who are listening, who are maybe thinking about, you know, should I have help? You know, they're doing this on their own, like write down a list of tasks that you're doing on a daily basis and ask, can someone else do this? Like, do I have to be doing this? I think that's a really good lesson. Yeah. And, and honestly, another thing that you can do with that, because I'm going to promise you about 80% of the things that you write down are going to be things that someone else can do. <laughs> but you also have to convince yourself to document it the way that you want it done, right? Because that's where yes. we get so hung up is that we think no one's going to do it the way I want it done, or I do it faster or cheaper or better or whatever. But if you document those things and kind of brain dump how it is that you want it done, then someone can get it done for you. Yeah. And that's, that's, and I think that's, or do you feel like that's where people are sort of struggle with the most is that they don't write it down. So even when they hire someone, there's that like long period of educating them. Yeah. It, because we keep so much of our information stuck in our head. We do not have an effective mechanism, most of us anyway, mm -hmm. for, for brain dumping the things that we want or the knowledge that we have in our head. And so I often have to call kind of BS on people that come to us looking for virtual support when they tell me they have no standard operating procedures. <laughs> so I ask them often, I'm like, well, who's doing that task right now? Like who's paying your Amex bill right now? Yeah. They're like, well, I am. And I'm like, okay, well, you're doing the thing right now anyway. So why don't we just open up a screen sharing program, right? record yourself doing that task True. and then drop that link in a Google sheet. You have just documented the process and now someone else can do it for you. Right. Mm. But we make it so complicated and we think we don't have time when really the actuality is, is we are just not making it a priority. 
Yeah, and you're, you're utilize, especially now, you're utilizing technology to help you so it's not taking you out of the day-to-day because you can just screen share everything you're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's way easier than we set ourselves up to believe it is. No doubt. So what do you do with all your free time? Obviously, you have this business. Like, What do you like to do on your free time? Oh, well, I am a mom of four daughters, and so they take up a lot of my time right now. My time is being spent uh, doing a lot of parallel parking and three-point turns. My daughter is 16, and she's getting ready to test for her uh, driver's license. And so, yeah, so we're spending a lot of time doing that, and and I have to be very cognizant of not being uh, the most horrific backseat driver. I, I was in a car accident a few years ago. And, and so I'm still a little bit jumpy in the car yeah. and I, I, I have to always keep myself under check. So beyond teaching kids how to drive, I spend a lot of time scuba diving. I love the ocean. I love being near the water. And so one of the reasons I, I moved to the East coast from Colorado was that I could have more opportunities to be in the ocean. Well, that's great. Well, what are some things you do on a consistent basis daily, which you feel help you ensure that you get done what you need to get done, but also give you the free time to scuba dive and help your kids with parallel parking and all that. Fun. Yeah. Uh, three things. Uh, first thing I do is I have a, a pretty strict morning routine. Um, it takes me about 45 minutes, mm-hmm. but it includes things like being grateful, having some apple cider vinegar water in the morning. Oh, wow. Uh, writing down gratitude, doing some meditation, reading a chapter of a book. So I've got a pretty intense morning routine that I follow. That helps me start my day, right? Yep. Um, middle of the day, I, I block and tackle everything that I do. So for instance, we're recording this podcast on a Tuesday. I would only ever do a podcast episode on a Tuesday or a Thursday so that I can sort of block my time so That's I know great. what I'm focused on. So that really helps. And then the final thing that I do that allows me so much more free time is actually have a shutdown routine uh, that I do in the afternoon. So I have a thing on my calendar at 3.30, reminds me every day at 3.30, I'm actually going to pull it up because I always think it's so funny, I can never remember it, <laughs> uh, but it says, shut it down, be with the girls, your day is done, good job. So no, I have it specifically say that to me for a reason because I need it to be kind of bossy, right? Shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> it's telling me why I'm doing it. I'm going to go be with the girls. It's giving me um, sort of permission, right? Your day is done. And then it's giving me affirmation, like good job. And so that little shutdown, that that alarm that goes off at 3.30 sort of just pulls me back into reality because we can all get sucked in to work so far. I used to I used to do it myself, right? I would work 12, 13, 14 hour days too. But that little reminder helps me be like, all right, it is time to wrap it up and go be mom. That's great. How long did it take you to sort of dial in your routines? Um, I'd say (laughs) this is terrible. It makes me feel like I'm sort of behind the eight ball on it, but it probably took me like two or three years to really lock it in because I would try I would try and do these things where I would work like Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'd go really, really hard for like 14 hours a day. Yeah. And then I'd say, oh, but I have Thursday and Friday off. But come Sunday, I was like freaking out about what Monday was going to look like, right? <laughs> so it took a lot of practice for me to to really get into a cadence. But here's what I found. Even if we're hiring like full-time employees in our job, 
or if you're a full-time employee somewhere, studies show that there's only about 2.8 hours of actual work that's being done in that eight hours. And so I just stopped fighting that. And I'm like, where can I get myself the best bang for my buck in those 2.8 hours, right? Or, you know, obviously I I work like a seven-hour day, but how can I make sure that that is so intensely focused for that time that I'm really making maximum impact in in that time? And so that's what we all have to figure out anytime we're trying to figure out how to set up your day for success. Yeah. I mean, it takes awareness and self-reflection. I think so many of us look for that like quick thing. Everyone tells you to wake up at 5am. So you try it, but if you're not consistent with it, well, that means it's not really potentially right for you. So you need to find out what you can stay consistent with every day. I think what's super important is because people try those little diets and little thing every morning, but there's a reason why people struggle sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. No doubt. So Trevini, I mean, obviously it's, how long have you been, uh, the founder and owner of Priority VA. How yeah, many years? So we're in year we're in year seven. Wow. What do you think's been the biggest? What was the biggest hurdle for you going from VA to now you're a founder, now you're an owner? What was uh, the biggest learning lesson for you? Um, if I can pick two, I think I would say I've had two really big obstacles, and they've ultimately proven, I think, to help shape me into who I am right now. But the first was really figuring out what I even wanted to say, because I think like many of us who are starting businesses, we want to be all things to all the people. And I was a typical people pleaser. It was, it was hard for me to to sort of niche down and to take a stand on exactly how, or even who I wanted to serve as clients. And so that meant for me, a couple of years of writing these random waves of success, right. That (laughs) absolutely were not sustainable. And now that I've realized like who we serve and how we serve with excellence, I think it's it's the sandbox I want to play in and win. And I feel so much more confident as a result of that. So that was kind of the first obstacle. Yep. And the second for me, although I absolutely didn't realize it at the time, was, you know, I help people build teams that they trust. <laughs> but it wasn't until I had several epic, epic disasters, failures in building my own team that I could resonate with the pain points that people were coming to me with, right? Because since I had always had such tremendous people around me, I didn't realize how detrimental it was to producing results when the right seats weren't on the bus. And so that obstacle, I think it made me just all the more committed to helping helping leaders kind of figure out who they are and who they need so that they could build amazing teams. But that was an obstacle that kind of hit me out of the blue because, and it really shook me uh, too, because it, I kept saying like, I'm the, this is my job. Like, this is what I do for a living and why can't I get this right for me? Uh, but it was a huge lesson in, in humility and in getting really, really sure on who you need, not just what you need done. So going back to the first obstacle, because I think so many people face this, and I know I sure have too, it's what would be your biggest suggestion to someone who's starting out or who's in year one, who wants to be that people pleaser, who, because you can, they feel like they can help everyone and they're like, well, I can help anyone, but knowing that you really can't help anyone. So what what, what advice would you give them? Yeah. So I, a friend of mine did this exercise with me and it's actually what helped me get really clear is, is he asked me, uh, what pisses you off? 
Hmm. Like what fires you up? Like what makes you really, really angry? And he had me just write down a whole bunch of things. And then he said, um, what breaks your heart? And so I similarly wrote down a couple of paragraphs about that. And then he said, Trevenia, what problem do you solve? And so I wrote down a bunch of answers for that. And then we went through this exercise. And what we realized was that what pissed me off was people saying that moms couldn't be good moms and good employees, right? That desire that many of them had to, to choose. Am I going to be a good mom or am I going to be a good worker babe? Yeah. Because I truly believe that we could do both, right? 100%. So it was pissing me off. It was frustrating me. And then when I, uh, when I looked at what broke my heart, when I looked at all these businesses that you'd see come and go, right? Even just like driving down your neighborhood, you'd see like a restaurant and then, you know, a couple months later, it's gone. Totally. Uh, and I was like, what is going on here that all of these people who have these great ideas, they're not, they're not being able to get that inflection point to where they find momentum. And so then the next question, like, what problem do you solve? I was like, wow, the problem that I solve is that I help business owners who don't know what they need to do to get past that inflection point, do that by giving a mom, in many cases, an opportunity to oh, wow. work from home. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so that just became really, really clear to me. So then we kind of really drilled down and we asked, okay, if I could pick any type of leader that I would want us to serve, who would that leader be and what would they be doing? Like, what would their problems be all day? And for us, it typically ends up being an online entrepreneur who is really struggling to make sense of how they work in a remote distributed capacity. And then our EAs kind of come in and they take in specific key areas of ownership. Either they're kind of like the stabilizer in the business, right? They're yep. that sort of gatekeeper or they're like the promoter, right? They're helping get brand awareness out or they're the closer. They're that like super trusted sidekick. And so when we were able to kind of dial down into three different areas that we could serve, it helped almost without effort to bring the type of clients that we wanted into our business. Wow, that's great. I mean, do you have like a playbook or an article that you've written about that? Uh, no, but I should, you huh? You should. <laughs> I think so many people struggle with that and just having an exercise like that to, to help people get through because so many people will tell them, like, oh, you need to get more clear on your target market. But it, I mean, people struggle so much doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that when we when we realized oftentimes, I, I think I fell into this trap, too, is that I kept trying to make my target market me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, and that wasn't the answer. I'm not my target market. I, I am from the virtual assistant standpoint, right? And I can speak to them in a way that they understand. But, but when it comes to entrepreneurs, like I'm very different. My ideal client is, is a man who lives in an urban city who's, you know, got like 2.1 kids. And so it's very different. And yeah. so I kept trying to make it me. And it wasn't until I got really honest about who I wanted to work with. Uh, that, that it all started to click. So yeah, it's a fun exercise. That's awesome. Well, if people wanted to reach out to you, Trevinia, check out more about you, learn about the business, where's the best place that they could go? Yeah. So simplest way is to go to priorityva.com forward slash grind. Uh, one of the things that we put together right. for you is just a little guide at, at the seven things that we believe that most businesses should be outsourcing to maximize their time. So you can get the inside scoop on kind of what those outcomes are and see how maybe you can start delegating more if you want to do that. Uh, and then you can find me. I got really lucky on all the socials at Trevenia. No way. How'd you get that? I know, right? I think it's just it's that odd of a name. It worked out for me. 
That's so funny. Actually, this is off topic, but I'll share because it's just the top of my mind. I have a funny story where I was working with my father and we were trying to do some recon on some other businesses. And uh, I remember calling one person and they asked me for my email address. And I panicked because I didn't expect that to come. And I said, <laughs> Colin at gmail.com. <laughs> and the guy's like, Oh, that's lucky. Were you the first one to sign up? I was like, Oh, yeah, first one to sign up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Panicked, lost it, but it's funny you got Trevinia. I just thought of that. I, I do. I, I a relevant story, but <laughs> I, I own Trevinia Gmail, so you know if it comes down to it, get me there too. But uh, no, it's a great story. Awesome. Well, that is uh, priorityva.com forward slash grind. Everyone, I'll have the link in the show notes. Also, follow it on social media. I'll have it there. And now, Trevinia, the way we end the show here on the Daily Grind is we're going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought we can all go home with today. Yeah. So, you know, when I think about entrepreneurs and what they need most when they're building their business, I want to leave you with this. You were never, ever meant to be a helicopter CEO hovering over everything as a boss, a salesperson, the HR person, the ops manager marketer all rolled into one. And so you have two unique roles to play as both a shareholder who owns the business and the leader who strategically guides the business. So it has the ability to scale. So that's really important for you to make that distinction of who you are in the business. Um, the key is to understand that each role is a different stage of scalability in your business. So the first is team infancy, right? It's when we're just getting started. Mm -hmm. The second is team infrastructure, the third team integration and the fourth team influence. Once you can identify, attract, and deploy the right team members in each of those spaces, you will make magic happen. But it honestly just starts with knowing your strengths and blind spots and helping you stay grounded into what you believe is your unique zone of genius. So stop being helicopter CEO and go be what you were created to be. I love that. And as you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hun hunger, and today learning to be a leader. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we have the chance to speak with the amazing Travinia Barber. Travinia, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here with us today. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you. And everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Drop us a comment. Share this out with a friend. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.